Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Be ready, Utah. When disaster hits, what do you do if you're not at home? In case you find yourself on the road during an emergency, you need to have a plan, a travel plan in particular. But what does that mean? What does that include? What does that look like for you and your family? KSL is partnering all year on emergency preparedness with Be Ready Utah to bring you this important information. I'm really pleased to have joining us our colleague, Heather Kelly from KSL News Radio. Heather, thanks for jumping on with us today. Oh, thank you so much, Boyd. Uh, You had a great piece uh, talking about transportation plans in case of an emergency. A lot of times we we just assume that the uh, disaster will strike, you know, when we're sitting at home with nothing to do. uh, But that's rarely the case. It really is. Um, A lot of people are either going to be at work or school, especially if it's, you know, younger kids still in school or maybe even college. And they haven't thought, oh, what happens if I'm at work? How do I get home if your home is available? Or do they even have a plan to go to maybe grandma's house that's a county or a state away or a hotel somewhere? Yeah. And so as uh, you start to figure that out, I think it's uh, it's crucial. One, that you're having that communication plan is as important as anything uh, for your family of where you're going to meet, what you're going to do, depending on uh, on the type of disaster that it is. Yeah, definitely. I, I've broken it down to, you know, if it's just your home, maybe there's a fire in the home. If you have family nearby or friends, they'll probably put you up. But what if it's a broader based emergency? What if you have flooding or there's a tornado or something that the whole neighborhood or the whole county has to evacuate? You've got to figure out where else can I go, especially if your friends and your family are also in your same neighborhood. Right. And, uh, and and so starting to, to kind of map that all out just a little bit, one of the things that we often don't think about is, are just simple things like, OK, if I need to communicate with my family and we've got this plan, uh, what happens if my cell phone's dead? Uh, what happens if I am in my car? Uh, what are some of the things that we should be thinking about in terms of making sure we're prepared and ready to take action? Well, one of the things you should have is a portable emergency charger. It's one of those things that will hold a charge for days on end. And I keep one of those in my car with me, actually, so that if I've been on the phone for a long time trying to coordinate a problem and the phone goes dead, but there's no power anywhere, I can plug in to my portable charger. It's Those are really good for camping as well. So, you know, just pretend you're camping. With that, um, that's one way to keep your cell phone going. Uh, but you could also have two-way radios, you know, the walkie-talkies we used to play with as kids. But you're going to want to upgrade those to ones that will carry further distances than just your backyard. Yeah. And then uh, looking at some of the uh, the options there, again, if uh, you are away when, when uh, catastrophe strikes, uh, you really have to start thinking through uh, bridges might be out, roads might be out. Uh, how do we start navigating that kind of complexity? 
Well, I usually recommend that you, before anything happens, just get out the map or Google Maps, whatever, if you're going high tech or not, and plan at least three different routes of escape from either your work or your home or both, preferably, depending on where you are when disaster strikes, so that if if the your most direct route maybe has a bridge on it that got washed out because of a flood. Well, you can't go that way. So you've got to plan another direction, but you need to drive those routes long before anything happens. Find a few, drive them before it happens. So you can kind of see what the obstacles could be if you, you know, that you face. Maybe there's a ton of trees there and they might get knocked down if we have mm-hmm. a bad windstorm, uh, you know. If you're somewhere else other than Utah, you know, it's a hurricane, that can happen. You know, all the trees blow down. We've had those as well. We've had really strong winds go through here. Yeah. And I think, again, just kind of visualizing and and working that through. I I was actually in Japan uh, during the big earthquake, and uh, I actually had to use uh, trains, buses, taxis. I even walked Mm -hmm. along a railroad track for a while with my suitcase trying to get to the airport uh, and just figuring all of that out. And so sometimes we don't really think through, okay, if this happens, you know, what's plan B, what's plan C, what's plan D. Uh, I've always wanted to write a book called Starting with Plan Z uh, because that's (laughs) always where I seem to end up, uh, at least when we're preparing this show. Uh, But we also have to do the same kinds of things as we look at our plan for a, a disaster that you know, plan A is uh, is nice, uh, but we we better have a, a B, C, and D to go to. Yeah, definitely. And I, I do recommend, especially if you have families, I've always thought this could be a really fun outing on a Saturday. Mm. Is just like, hey, let's hop on the train. Let's see what it does. How does it work? Where Where are all the stops? So at least you know, understand how your light rail or train system works. Um, it's a fairly inexpensive outing for the family. You can stop somewhere, have lunch. If there's a place nearby where you get off, you know, things like that, just plan that out ahead of time. So at least you're not stumbling over, Oh God, we got to take a train and, and I've never done it. And I don't know where the station is. I don't even know how, where to get the train. You know, things like that. You've got to plan all that out well in advance. Uh, that's so important. We always say opportunity favors the prepared mind. And even if that opportunity is just navigating a really tricky situation, when you have that plan, uh, opportunity favors you because you're going to have more options. Uh, Heather, what else should we be thinking about uh, in terms of being ready, again, as it relates to travel and moving around uh, after some sort of national disaster? Well, you know, if everybody in your neighborhood or county is trying to leave in their cars, there is a really good chance that the roadways are just going to be so congested that nobody is actually moving. So I would say have bicycles because you can at least, you know, usually get on sidewalks or weave in between cars that are stopped. Like you said, like in Japan, you had to use pretty much every form of transportation to get to the airport. And this is what you may have to do. I mean, it may come down to skateboards. The kids get on skateboards, you're on a bike, you know, you're just getting somewhere that'll take you away from the, you know, whatever catastrophe may have befallen you. 
Uh, so important. And uh, Heather Kelly, we appreciate you jumping on and uh, giving us some great guidance. There's some great things to review. And I love this idea of doing this as a family uh, on an evening or a weekend. Uh, turn it into a, a little bit of an adventure. And uh, you can almost do your own amazing race uh, and see uh, how the family does on that. But Heather, great insight. Uh, as always, appreciate your perspective. Well, thank you so much, Boyd. All right. This is one of those crucial conversations, and it it is true. I'm going to say it again. Opportunity favors the prepared, always. Uh, And whether that's an opportunity to advance your career or education or whether it's that preparedness uh, when it comes to dealing with a a disaster, a natural disaster, or any kind of, of incident. And so being prepared actually does matter. It can make all the difference for you and for your family. Well, you've been listening to KSL's Emergency Preparedness Series, Be Ready Utah. If you have questions about emergency preparedness or you're just not sure where to start, uh, you can check out and find all the answers at beready.utah.gov. Again, that's beready.utah.gov. Important information, great resources for you there so that you'll be prepared when the time comes. All right, we'll step aside for one last commercial break. Some final thoughts coming up. Inside sources, stick around. We'll be right back on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.